Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBV and, of course, get 24-7, 365 coverage of women's basketball over at High Post Hoops. And I am here to talk to one of my favorites in this industry and just somebody who always has insight into the way her program is growing and developing, and that's Karen Aston, the head coach at University of Texas. Karen, thank you for taking the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Please, I want you having a good day. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, well, especially after uh, that big win over Tennessee, and uh, that was obviously a big one to get. And I thought, just to start in a more granular way, the tone was set there in the opening seconds when you had Joyner Holmes jumping into that passing lane and getting a steal right away. And Joyner is such an interesting player to me. I know we've talked about her throughout her time uh, with you. I'm wondering what you see from her so far in a senior year and how close you think she is to accomplishing what you're looking for her to accomplish here in her final season uh, in Austin. Yeah, Howard, I think that um, you're right. That that play was kind of indicative of of the fact that our team was ready to play and and that's something that's been a work in progress for this particular group is just you know being mature enough to to mentally and and you know physically they're usually ready but mentally you know just focusing on the very beginning of the game and and are we locked into the game plan and and that's that's a maturity issue and and you know to see Joyner first of all I mean you know I, I think I disclosed this in the media but she tweaked her ankle the day before the game and mm-hmm. shoot around and was really questionable uh, to play. And I think just to see her lace her shoes up and, and get out there and be ready to play when the ball was tipped was, was really a huge boost for our team. Um, she wasn't 100%. And, and, you know, back to the gist of your question, Joyner, I'm really proud of because, you know, she, she – she dedicated herself this summer to first and foremost getting her getting in, in the shape that she needs to be in to be able to play, you know, the type of basketball that she needs to play. Um, and the minutes that we knew she was going to have to play this year, um, I, I thought I thought she really committed to that, you know. And and then the second piece was, you know, she's grown up. I mean, she had some adversity happen. I mean, she missed two consecutive semesters, first semesters of her career. She was, you know, her sophomore year and then last year with the ankle injury. And, you know, to her credit, she's just persevered. I mean, she's, she's, she's not given up on it. She didn't, you know, think, oh, well, let me go somewhere else and I'll see if it can be better. I mean, she stuck with it and I think that she's starting to see the benefits of that. It's interesting to me, you know, you have your depth as usual, on this team and a lot of different players who contribute uh, in a multitude of ways. But it may be the case that no one contributes more and is perhaps more important to the way you play than Joyner. And and there are a couple of numbers that I think indicate that, and I'm curious whether you see them in similar ways. One is that you guys are back to running more. You've been a top 100 team in pace. Uh, each of the previous three years until last year. Last year you were at 171 and and therefore more of a half-court team. You're back in that top 100 early on, and it seems like a critical way of getting into your offense right away are the number of times the joiner is able to both crash the boards and facilitate the offense. Is that something you see and something you're hoping is 
even a greater part of your attack over uh, the remainder few months of the season. Oh, no question about it. I mean, she, she's she's uh, kind of the cog for us as far as our transition game, just because um, rebounding. You know, I mean, she starts our break for us a lot because she can get the ball off the boards and and initiate it uh, without an outlet. Uh, but I think the other piece of that is just getting LaShawn Higgs back. Mm-hmm. And and I will say this much right now: LaShawn Higgs and Shug Sutton still aren't. They're still not themselves. Uh, I thought they were a little bit closer in the game against Tennessee, but, you know, LaShawn missed the entire year, the entire summer, and most of the fall, uh, just getting herself back, you know, getting released and, and being able to take contact. And then Suge missed um, most of the summer and all of the fall, right up until we started playing games. So the pace of our of our team is dictated by those two. And the addition of, of our freshmen, in particular Celeste Taylor, I think Jada Underwood is in the best shape of her life, has enabled us to play at a different pace than we could last year. But I think as, as the year goes along, and Shug and LaShawn get more comfortable every day with kind of who they are, um, then it's, it, hopefully it will increase. Well, and let's talk about them each in turn. Shug had a play about midway through the fourth quarter that I think was the most encouraging from my perspective, of where she is physically. And it was a, a step-back jumper where she absolutely got the defender to bite and was able to, to bury it mid-range, I think about 18 feet out. And when you see things like that, when you see, like you said, Higgs and Sutton who are, yes, coming back from injury and still getting to 100%. I know some of your early season limitations have been due to that. It also seems like it sets you up very well for conference play and come March to have that level of both experience and guards who are potentially able to round into form. Are you seeing the two of them as on equivalent tracks and potentially able to help you at near or at 100% uh, come crunch time in this season? I definitely see that. I I think that it was just unreasonable for any of us, and including them, as individuals to expect them to miss the amount of time that they missed and then come back and be 100%. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I say this all the time, you can't go from A to Z. And they expected that because they know what they're capable of. But, uh, you know, they have to build on it. And some of that is gym time and some of that's just playing time. And I, I definitely think that it bodes well as we move along. You talk about getting into conference play. You know, we're still – right at a month, a little less than a month away. I mean, that's a long time to have players continue to get in game situations, continue to get in live practice situations, and be able to get in the gym and do extra shooting. And neither one of them have had been able to do that up until the last, you know, really few weeks. Really when they got back from Hawaii and we got back from that three-game stretch, which I knew was going to be really hard on those two, um, and I, you know, for, for players that love the gym and love to get in, and I think that's really important. And so for each of them in turn, you guys were about a 31% uh, three-point shooting team last year, but each of them uh, seems both by previous statistics and just in general when you look at the way you could project them, whether it's free throws or other such things, as better three-point shooters potentially down the line. Do you have a number in mind for where you guys ought to be as three-point shooting teams and is getting more efficiency from them beyond the arc a critical part to get in there? 
I think it is a critical part. Uh, part of it is is the recognition for them that they spent a lot of time in the gym this summer really just shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't do anything else but that. So the trust and the work, I think, is really important for all of our guards. They, they really spent a lot of time in the gym, and we haven't seen probably the benefits of that just because a little uncertainty in each of them individually and then collectively. I, I, I did think that Sunday was a big step for them because everybody's been loading the paint. Everybody has kind of dared us to shoot the three and you're they're almost second guessing themselves and, and second guessing the work that they've put in. And I think Sunday, it was a guards game. Uh, mm-hmm. Both teams really committed to stopping the paint. Uh, I wouldn't say in the second half, we did a great job of that, but we did a good enough job to, um, to give our, ourselves a chance to, you know, to win. And, that's been the game plan for everyone versus us is let's see if we can make um, Joyner and Charlie have difficult touches and we have to step up and take shots. And I thought that their aggressiveness to shoot the basketball to begin the game was really the difference. Um, They kind of forgot about it again in the second half, but, but I definitely think as we move along, Suge, LaShawn, you know, I could go down the line with our guards and they've always, they've all put time in that Mm -hmm. has enabled them to have, to me the self-confidence that they should have and now it's just a matter of stepping up and shooting it and not getting frustrated if you don't make a shot I mean everybody's not going to make every one of them so when you ask about a percentage I mean we'd love to get up around 40 um, and I think we're capable of that we just we we have to trust the work that we've put in Mm -hmm. And, and I mean just to bring that full circle you guys last year as part of an increased half court outlook you adapted in that way i mean you guys were the best offensive rebounding team per offensive rebound rate in the country overall uh your rebounding percentage was if i recall correctly third in the country it's down a Mm -hmm. bit this year but it seems like that's also by design that you're essentially trading off these half court possessions for trying to get out and transition more to reflect a team that, like you said, has the experienced guards, Underwood and Celeste Taylor, who I want to talk about specifically in a moment as well. Is that the way you see it, that it simply is a chance to be more of a balanced overall attack than last year's team was? For sure. I I definitely think that we have the capabilities of being much more balanced. Um, And I think the other piece to that really is, if you talk about the maybe the reduction of the rebounding has been a couple of factors. Uh, one of them is our lack of depth in the paint. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the reality of it is Charlie and Joyner are playing a lot of minutes. They're rebounding the ball extremely well, but there is early in the season we're seeing a little bit of, you know, probably just fatigue, uh, in particular because we played a lot of games in a row. You know, we played the three games in a row, and so the rebounding went down probably as the, as the games progressed. Um, three games in three days is a lot for this bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think that it, we are small. I mean, when one of them goes out, we're, we're, we're playing small ball. And we have to try to you know change maybe a little bit of our mindset in a sense of let's see if we can get some guards in the rebounding game. I think we're so dependent on Charlie and Jordan thinking they're going to get every rebound that we've kind of forgotten about it. So we're going to address that. I, I'm going to say that. We definitely we can run the basketball and, and transition well, but we've got to get some guards in the rebounding game, no question. Now, is Celeste the potential swing person for that? And I ask because 
she seems both skilled, obviously, you know, and you knew that coming in with her pedigree, but also there's a level of fearlessness to her game, which I, I guess is symptomatic of many freshmen, but uh, it, it certainly worked to her advantage at times, uh, certainly on Sunday, and also to her disadvantage in the sense that you know, she <laughs> fouled out, and you know that fifth foul in particular was an aggressive one, trying yeah, to that, take a charge late right. in that game. Uh, and so I'm curious right. what you see from her and how she fits into that puzzle in your mind. Well, she's first of all, she's she is um, she's a special player in a sense that you hit it on the head. She's pretty fearless and doesn't have much of a conscience, which I think, you know, as a freshman, that's, that's pretty essential. I mean, you can't, you really, they, freshmen struggle with making mistakes and not being able to move on. And Celeste is, is really special in that area. She's able to, can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Celeste is able to move on. You know, if she makes a, a turnover, you can bet she's still going to run back down the floor. And I, you know, I, I think that that's a, an innate quality for for really good basketball players is that they just are able to go to the next play regardless of what just happened. Um, I, I think Celeste, you know, has to the, – the, the area of improvement is just, you know, simple things like turnover rate, um, you know, getting trying to make up a play and then going down the floor, like you said, and, and fouling, uh, just some real simple things that she will learn as she goes along. Um the learning curve is huge, and the fact that she's played so many minutes in non-conference play will will really help her as we get into the grind of of conference play and people scout better and all of those things. Sure. But um, you know, I think she has because she's such a gym rat and she she's a sponge as far as wanting to learn and be better. I, I think she's got a, a a chance to be really really special. Is she someone who you see as a critical part of this season's plan? Oh, for sure. I mean, she's a starter right now, and mm-hmm. she um, she definitely. Hang on one second. I'm sure. sorry. That's Think okay. Of, she um, yeah, she she's she's got a a chance to you know because I, I say this time this all the time. I mean, playing time matters, and the experience of being able to you know to play uh, and learn from from what happens in the games. I mean, you can only tell them so much in practice, and then they've got to play. Right. And she's getting so much playing time. Some of it's been, you know, Suge and, Suge and LaShawn's injury early, but she's also, she works every day in practice, and she she puts herself in a position to earn the playing time. And, uh, you know, she, I think Underwood is the one that's kind of settled into the small forward position. She's a little bit more physical than Celeste and, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more experienced, way more experienced, obviously. And, right. uh, you know, Celeste, I think with a freshman, it's really good if you can keep them in, kind of one spot where, you know, it, they, they don't have to think so much about, well, what do I do in this position and how do I, def-? you know, if you can give some consistency in where they're playing, I think it helps them. No question. I, I, it seems like you saw a lot of that with Charlie Collier and specifically Collier's defense seems to have taken, to my view, a quantum leap forward. So I, I went back to look at the numbers. Synergy has her Defensive points per possession on post-ups at 0.5, which is just an absurdly yeah. low number uh, for a center, especially for a sophomore center. W- what are you seeing? Is she just physically stronger? What, what is allowing her to make that, what seems to be from the outside, a, a significant leap forward defensively even over last year? 
Yeah, I think she's she's she committed to to conditioning, weight room, all of that this summer. Zach did a great job getting our kids ready, um, knowing we were going to be low in numbers. Um, I think that she's also just made that natural jump that you would hope a freshman would make into their sophomore year, just from a maturity standpoint. Um, Charlie's real hard on herself, and, and she gets frustrated if she makes mistakes and you know, learning to understand you're going to make them and being able, again, to go to the next play and stay focused. I think that's where she's grown so much. Um, I still don't think we've even she's even reached the tip of what she's capable of offensively just, you know, because she is – I think people try to play her physical. And once she embraces that physicality, on the offensive end and says, okay, you know, you guys can try this, but I, I'm going to counter it. I, I think she'll even get better, but she's definitely learning to play defense um, without fouling. I think that's an, been a necessity for us. And she's learning to kind of walk the fine line now between being aggressive and being smart. Mm-hmm. And early in the year, you know, I mean, everybody was trying to get her in foul trouble and a lot of people achieved that, but as she moves along, she's learning. Yeah, it, it clearly seems to be taking a big leap forward. And I, I think this team, it's interesting just in terms of the bigger picture, the fact that you guys are being tested so much here in the non-conference. I guess I wonder when you think about your schedule in relative to the NCAA tournament, how you think ultimately what's gone on here in the non-conference is going to help. Going into Rocky Top and holding them to 60 points and coming away with a big win like that. I'm sure it takes a massive leap forward in terms of your overall profile, but how how does that relate to the way in which you schedule compared to the way you think about it in terms of individual uh, improvement for your team? I, I think Sunday was a big leap, really in particularly for confidence for them. I mean, they this group, I, and I've said to many people, they work hard. I really like them, and they're trying and it's just a matter of them starting to mature and take you know focus on the game plans and be confident and connected um this you know this group's had to learn chemistry they've had to learn how to play together um how to trust each other and that's really just the process it it just doesn't it absolutely doesn't happen overnight Mm -hmm. Um, 